Welcome to Our Soul, a podcast by Kelly Fox and Terry Williams from the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. Kelly is away this week, and so we welcome to the podcast Elena Ramsey, Executive Director of Ohio RCRC. Okay, what a week. There was a coup attempt this week. Yep. A real, real coup. Never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. For those uh, who apparently were living under a rock for the last week, um, we had a violent insurrection at the U.S. Capitol against the federal government, against our federal lawmakers in what has got to be one of the most devastating days in our country's history you know, this is this is the worst of America on display, even though we we know that America's got some pretty ugly underbellies. Um, it was loud and proud on Wednesday, January sixth. Yep, mm. and of course, you know how fitting it all happened on Epiphany, which in the Christian tradition is all about um, you know, light being revealed, um, things coming to the forefront. And, um, you know, in Christian tradition, it's all about, you know, like the, the revelation of baby Jesus, you know, after the Magi. Um, and for us, you know, I think it really revealed as a nation um, how deep these roots of white Christian supremacy are and um, how just, no, I think, you know, for myself as a, a brown person living in Ohio, you know, like part of my lived reality, you know, like it's there. And I, but I think for many people, um, their eyes were open. See just how insidious um, this white Christian supremacy is. And, you know, to be honest, I think people are starting to realize like, okay, Trump and Trumpism, um, you know, is this didn't happen just because he incited this riot, even though he did, uh, that this has been a, a reality for our nation for decades, um, mm. actually since the inception of our country, you know, that this, this isn't just something that's happened just because we've had, you know, <laughs> a really rough couple of four years here with Trump in office, um, attacking queer people, black and brown people, uh, Muslims. It really, this is who we are is who we are you know people are always saying we can be better as a nation but no this is who we are and until we get clear about that and own that um i don't know how you have a way forward without that kind of truth telling yeah. or else we just continue with this reckoning that happened on january 6th on yeah. epiphany and and there are so many people right now who are saying oh we need we need to you know move toward healing and we need to move toward unity and it 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 is so for me as a pastor, you know, in a Christian tradition, it is so ironic that it's the same people who want to push past Advent and into Christmas, mm. just make everything the immediate moment of the birth of Jesus, who also in this moment want to push past the suffering and the truth-telling and the honesty and just get right to making up. And that's that's not how life works. That's not how living works. You do not go right from intent to expression, you know? Mm. These are the same people who insist on 
forced birth policies and, you know, this angry um, stigmatization of abortion. And these folk are not understanding that it takes a long while to birth forgiveness. Mm. It takes a, there is a gestation period within which you must go through a great deal of development and, and time to produce that healing and that unity. You can't just jump there. It's not the same. Um, as, as much as, you know, folk want this, uh, this immediacy, it's just not going to happen. And you're right, Elena, we're, we're at a place where um, this is who we are. We can be better, but that takes work. Uh, the other thing about, you know, January 6th, of course, it being an epiphany, it was also the day when we got word that um, we flipped the Senate, you know, that Reverend Dr. Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff were elected as Georgia's next senators, you know, a black man, a Jewish man. And uh, as as exciting as that was, um, it was also, you know, as to be expected, there was this this backlash and that's why you had people storming at the Capitol, because a red state, they, <laughs> you know, they stood up for themselves and they said, you know what, we're not red. This isn't just, we're not playing in your Southern strategy here. Um, if anything, we've been a, a suppressed state, you know, as you mentioned. Um, you know, we've been a state that right. has been divided by gerrymandering and by voter suppression. And the people spoke up and they made their voice heard. And as, you know, I, I want to hold on to that, you know, like that is what's possible. That's the vision of America we're moving towards. And, and yet the, the death knell of white supremacy, you know, of course, they're going to rise up and storm the Capitol because, um, you know, there's, there's a change coming in this country and people don't want to lose their power. Absolutely. That's, that's not what the rest of America wants. You know, that's Georgia's told mm-hmm. us that they want, you know, they want a pastor who's pro-choice and who is, wait, you know, faith rooted. Wait, 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 wait a minute, though. <laughs> I, I thought, wasn't it Doug Collins, uh, if I'm not mistaken, tried to tell us that there wasn't any such thing as a pro-choice pastor? Wasn't that, wasn't that what he said about Raphael Warnock, you know? And now it's like, well, you know, not only is he a pro-choice pastor, he's a pro-choice pastor who's a senator. Ooh, yes. glory. Glory, hallelujah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the veil I, has been lifted in many ways. And, you know, people just want to... They want to sweep it under the rug again. They just want to put that veil back on, but that's yeah. there's no going back here. And so it's a turning point very much for our country. The people of Georgia, just like the people across these United States, are saying, no, we reject the opposition that says we have to be bound by your religious convictions. We reject that narrow-minded, stigmatized view of the world, and we're not going to take it anymore. You know, so with that decision comes the the change of the Senate, change of control in in the U.S. Senate. Um, It comes with the disempowerment of figures like Mitch McConnell Mm. and Ted Cruz and just, you know, list off the litany of of folk who have been, you know, traditionally anti-choice on that platform. 
And suddenly, all of those voices, you know, the day that they counted up enough votes for, for the Senate to flip, they suddenly became all about compromise and uh, careful bipartisanship. And, and holy Lord, they even found their conservatism again because we're worried about the budget. So it's, it's going to be an interesting ride back to the, I guess, uh, you know, pre-1994 era of uh, leadership there. But we have a great number of people who have sown seeds of hatred, seeds of, of terrible bias, bitterness over the years, who now have created a monster in this fascist uprising in our nation that they can't control. Honestly, it's, it's easier. It's easier to live in fear. It's easier mm-hmm. to not have compassion for your neighbors. It actually takes work <laughs> to, uh, to believe that, um, that there is good and that it is possible to heal uh, this divide. Um, but before we can get there though, right? We can't just have these calls for unity and reconciliation without that reckoning, without that accountability, that truth telling, like, all right, but some of those senators, they, you know, along with Trump, they've got to, to be booted out of office. We've got to have um, accountability for the, honestly, the terrorists and the seditionists who stormed the Capitol. Like, mm-hmm. we're getting some arrests now, but we need to also have, you know, like, we need accountability with the, the, the way we do law enforcement Amen. in this country. Amen. Right? And, and I mean, that has been, uh, I'm glad that people are talking about it, but that stark difference between how law enforcement enforced, um, you know, the law, uh, law and order um, on January 6th, as opposed to how they showed up, um, you know, in their right gear and mm-hmm. used so much excessive force against the Black Lives Protest Matter protesters. Um, that's the account- accountability that needs to be had where we talk about like, look at this bias on full display that the white supremacy in our police force that allows you know, a bunch of mostly white folks to walk into the Capitol and then you know, for a rare few to be arrested or to have any kind of force um, met against their terrorist acts. Like we've got to talk about that before we can get to a place, um, you know, of that hope and healing only comes when we get real about, you know, the ways that we continue, you know, marginalize people's voices and um, the ways that we say certain bodies matter more and certain Mm. voices matter Mm. more. And the ones that, um, that get stomped on and get, um, you know, erased and uh, talked over are the bodies in which that we fight for, you know, at Ohio RCRC. It is those voices um, of queer and trans folks, of immigrants and of our black and brown neighbors, our indigenous folks who've been saying, you know, like that these here United States um, have not been a land of freedom um, for all people. And that if we're going to talk about law and order, then we better be applying that <laughs> equally and justly. 
Right. Uh, there's just, there's so much, there's just so yeah. much. <laughs> We're and just looking to scratch the surface. Let's, let's talk for a, a little bit though about the racist reality of January 6th. You know, my, my uh, church body, the United Church of Christ put out a statement from our executive ministers and the council conference ministers, you know, the leaders in our church um, talking about this, this coup attempt. And the entire response was framed around this as a racist act and as a white supremacist act. And there was a lot of confusion with some people who read this because they said, what do you mean racism? And, uh, you know, it was kind of laughable for some of us because it's like, well, I mean, let's be serious. We looked here in, in the summer. We sent members of the Ohio National Guard in the summer to quote unquote protect the Capitol against protesters with Black Lives Matter. We didn't send nobody up in there uh, that I know of. I mean, I, I'm welcome to be proved wrong, but it wasn't on the news. It wasn't talked about. It wasn't put out for everybody like uh, it was in the summer to, to send people to help protect the Capitol, you know, against this, this rally, this sedition rally. Um, and we knew that it was coming, you know. I've had people locally in my community who went to this rally and they said, oh, no, 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 we, are, we, we were there for peaceful purposes. Well, let me tell you right now, folks, like Black Lives Matter folk are protesting against the murder and disproportionate violence wrought against Black bodies in this culture that is undeniable. Violence in the streets and in mass incarceration and in so many other ways, the folk who gathered on the 6th of January gathered because they wanted to overturn a democratically run election. They wanted to overturn democracy. So you can't tell me that you went up into that rally peacefully because there's no such thing as peaceful sedition, right? Mm. These folk were coming with a non-peaceful intent from the get-go. And the safety plan for Washington, D.C. didn't even have folk on overtime down at the Capitol. You had people, you know, 15, 20 guards up on the steps. There were 15 guards per step at the Lincoln Memorial in the summer. So folk keep saying, well, you know, how could this happen? Well, racism is how this could happen because the people who plan the people who make safety plans for DC looked at black people and saw a threat and looked at white people and just saw good old fashioned folk. Ooh, say that, yes. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the mess we're in right now, you know? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <clears throat> and I, you know, I'm, I'm interested, you know, what, what have we seen in terms of a change in people's uh, rhetoric over the last week. Have, have you noticed any, any specific changes, you know, whether it's Ohio politicians at the federal level or, or have, have, have you noticed anything in particular in terms of a, a shift? Oh, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's the gaslighting. I mean, come on. Mm. There are people who now want to distance themselves um, either from Trump or these extremists. Uh, there are people, you know, who are 
they're acting like they weren't part of the problem this whole time. You know, like people who want to shout <laughs> fire in a crowded theater and now are saying, oh, wait, we've, we've got to have, you know, we got to have some forgiveness. We've got to move on. We've got to get over this and be unified. And I mean, that is, you know, gaslighting 101 to, to just act like, especially, you know, when you think about how <laughs> this traumatic event happened on January 6th, and then we've got the rest of Congress, they, they came back, you know, I mean, bless them, they, they came back and they worked through to certify the um, electoral votes and to, you know, uh, make sure that people knew that, yeah, Biden Harris had won the election, but then the floor speeches were just all mm. about just how, mm. like, they acted like, you know, some of those, uh, sorry, the, the GOP acted like they weren't the ones who've been propping up, you know, Trump. And you've got part of his administration who are now, you know, stepping down like it's some honorable thing that they've done that they are now taking a stand and they can't, you know, like stand with this man acting like for the last four years, he hasn't been the one who have been, you know, uh, calling on um, the white supremacists to stand back and to stand, stand by, or that, you know, telling them that they are special Absolutely. <laughs> and that they are well loved. Absolutely. Um, it's just, it's, it's just amazing how that rhetoric in the shift and if you're not aware of it if we're not you know like speaking up about how like no this is not <laughs> this is not a world i want to live in where we're going to act like that didn't just happen a coup just happened and it didn't come from nowhere you know like it has been fueled by yeah. our yeah. own uh, yeah our own language and own enabling of abusive power and there has to be you know, that accountability. <laughs> yes. Um, and, 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 and we've got, take a piece. we've got to start calling folk out for their foolishness. <laughs> you cannot, you cannot have that kind of speech and then turn around and tell me we got to stop the violence. You know how to stop the violence. It's to stop being violent. It's to stop the violence against people's bodies. It's to stop the bans. What have we seen here in Ohio just in the past couple of weeks? We saw the governor sign SB 260, the telemedicine abortion ban that treats abortion different than anything else and bans the provision of any kind of abortion health care via telemedicine. We saw the governor sign SB 27, which requires physical burial of any remains from an abortion procedure doesn't affect anybody else, doesn't affect similar tissue in other places, simply a ban on care that seeks to raise the price of doing any kind of health care in the state of Ohio around abortion. We're sitting here right now with folk who are absolutely causing violence on one hand and begging peace on the other. We, we've got to get this out because we cannot move to some kind of false unity without having accountability. We've got to have that accountability. Hallelujah. Yes. You know, yes, and, yes. and I think there, there are actors within our state who are trying to hold people accountable. You know, we've got um, this Black Maternal Health Caucus that's, that's come at the state house um, to really hold politicians accountable for the fact that Ohio is absolutely at the bottom of the pile when it comes to any metric 
of black maternal health, right? Black infants trying to reach their first birthday, two times more likely to die than white infants in the state of Ohio. Why? Because of our policies, because our policies are, are rooted in racism and we're not seeking solutions that benefit all of our people, you know? I am. I'm excited about what is possible when we, we center, we lift up the voices of uh, black and brown folks, this black maternal health caucus, um, all the RJ work happening in Ohio with uh, birthing beautiful communities and new voices for reproductive justice as well as root. Um, you know, when, you know, that's just Ohio. Um, think about, you know, what can be possible with, our vocal and out loud and proud pro-choice, uh, pro-faith pastor in Reverend Dr. Senator-elect Raphael Warnock. Um, I think he's going to shake things up, you know, when it comes to um, continue to fight against abortion access and comprehensive sex education. You know, he was a, he in his younger days, um, you know, really advocated for and actually train people on sex education. So he knows what's up, you know, and as a pastor, you know, like he knows people's lived realities day in, day out. And he knows that people um, want to have a better conversation around abortion and about their bodies and how they raise their families. And so, yeah, it's not surprising to us at OIRCRC that there are, there are so many faithfully pro-choice pastors out there. And, um, you know, when we help tell their stories and they tell the stories, of course, with consent of their, um, their community members, you know, I think people will come to see that um, this, this is not just a shift, but this is, again, what has been hidden uh, for so long because people don't, um, you know, people don't want people uh, advocating for their own well-being, their bodies. Um, that, that has been the agenda of the religious right in many ways, has been to control, you know, people's bodily autonomy, their reproductive rights, their human rights. And it's all been under the banner of uh, racism and oppression um, that you would be able to negate people's voices and control them um, by their votes, by their bodies. And that's how you maintain power. You know, like that has been their script. And now we're seeing that it is, uh, it needs to be possible to flip that script. And that's the, the vision of hope that I um, hold on to, you know, even in these very, very dark and difficult days. I mean, that's the thing about this coup and about fascism and that, you know, we've discussed, it didn't come out of nowhere and it's not just going to disappear. We're going to be, you know, facing down inauguration. We've already had reports of people saying they're going to, you know, rally at their state houses. They're going to return to D.C. all armed and ready for more insurrection. And, you know, this is going to be, um, you know, an ongoing part of who we are as a nation, unless we get real, unless we start calling out this stuff um, and working with one another to denounce it, to, um, to keep people accountable. And uh, yeah, I think we're, we're in for it. <laughs> as much as I'm, I'm ready for a better and brighter future, uh, we can't get there unless we really work through that original sin of uh, white supremacy that 
you know, that's a, that's how our nation was founded. You know, that's that's why we had chattel slavery, and that's why we thought it was okay to take land from indigenous folks. Like this is who we are, and uh, but it doesn't have to be who we are. <laughs> and if we don't oppose it, it will absolutely take over. We've got to be clear in our opposition. I, you know, as, as we come to a close here, I, I think I would be remiss if, if I didn't lift up. We have a lot of uh, abortion providers in this state who have observed here in the past couple of days the stark similarity, indeed, um, the unity between these insurrectionists and the people who come and harass their clinics on a regular basis. It is the same kind of opposition, it is the same kind of brutal force of trying to force your ideology on someone else who just doesn't want it, that we see expressed outside of clinics in Ohio every single day. Everybody sits and watches you know, the footage from the Capitol, and there's this overrun, this constant pushing of boundaries, these violent people screaming horrible things. That is the reality at every clinic in the state of Ohio, every clinic in this nation, people screaming, people pushing that boundary, people engaging in violence often in those places that ends up harming people, ends up killing people every single day. So some of our providers have said, you know, we're not surprised because we see it. We're not amazed because we know it. It is who we are. It's who we have always been as a nation because some people just cannot rest with the idea that other people disagree and other people are going to live their lives differently. You know? Yes. Wow. And I know. Yeah. And I mean, well, oh, can't wait. We, we got to unpack even more of this in future yes. episodes. Yes. But I would, and again, to be very clear that same people who are praying at the Capitol, you know, that their will <laughs> be done, who are saying that Jesus saves and is their savior and Trump is their savior. Those are the same people praying outside our clinics for their will to be done. And be clear that this is about white Christian supremacy because you don't see our mm -hmm. Jewish kin out there, our Muslim kin out there <laughs> trying to harass people, intimidate them from their abortion decisions or, you know, trying to overturn our democracy. We've got a real big yeah. problem in yeah. white Christian <laughs> circles. This is this this. <laughs> Lord, and this is why we exist, you know, to provide an alternative voice as Ohio RCRC to see that there is to say that there is a better way of how we live out our faith and our convictions. And that, yeah, you can be a pro-choice Christian all you want. And that means that we're not going to be <laughs> those people who are right. out in front of clinics or at the Capitol, um, you know, controlling people's bodies as their ideology is what they want to lift up. Um, yeah, let's, I love that we, we continue to tell that story because that's the only way we get through this is through a lot of that truth telling. <laughs> and we have to be the ones, you know, myself as a Christian have to be the ones that say like, that's not okay. <laughs> this is not the Jesus that I know. <laughs> this is, you know, white Christian Jesus. Absolutely. No friend of mine. Absolutely. Mm -mm. 
and and we stand with our Jewish brothers and sisters and with our our Muslim kin against the Islamophobia and against the anti-Semitism that we saw so clearly on display this week. We must stand together against this hatred. Elena Ramsey, Executive Director of Ohio RCRC, thank you, thank you, thank you for this wonderful time and dialogue, this conversation that is ongoing in our national history. Remember, you can always check out previous editions of Our Soul on our website at ohioRCRC.org forward slash podcast. And while you're there, feel free to look around at all the other super cool content we have to offer to help you faithfully speak out for abortion access and reproductive freedom all across Ohio.